I mean, I think there's a number of advantages to being a total novice and not having any. There's definitely advantages and disadvantages. This one's radio episode 976 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, if you're looking for a coach, I know a guy, I am a guy, I am the guy, not the guy, but I am the guy I'm talking about, right? Uh, if, if you're in the market for a coach, if you're thinking about maybe it's it's something that you're ready to uh, invest in and you know maybe help try to work towards some some goals that, uh, that you have for yourself as a runner, um, I would be uh, honored if you at least consider me. Maybe kick around the tires a little bit, look at some of the things that I have available as far as different options, different bonuses, different perks. One thing that's coming that isn't on the website just yet, but will be soon, uh, and if you're interested in it, let me know. We'll make it happen. We can get you get you started off on it uh, ASAP, but it's an option where not only do I coach you, not only do I you know help you out along the way, but I'll help you out on race day at, at no additional cost, although it's baked into the cost of this level of coaching, of course, but uh, I'll show up at your race, and uh, if, if I can, in most cases I would be able to, uh, run with you. You know, maybe it's run with you for the whole race. Maybe it's run with you at the beginning or at the end. Uh, we'll figure out the logistics based on what your goals are and, and whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, have your own personal pacer. Instead of a instead of a pace group, nothing wrong with a pace group, of course. No, all love to the pace group, folks. But, you know, pace groups kind of one size fits all because, you know, it's either this time or, or that's it. Having your own personal pacer, maybe that's what you might like for uh, for your next race. And if that's something that you're interested in, uh, let me know. I'll give you the details. Like I said, it's coming. It's coming soon. Kind of putting the pieces together. We'll have it officially announced on the website before long. Uh, but in the meantime, you can check out disruns.com/coaching for some of my kind of general oversight or over overall thoughts on coaching, the different options that are there. At least the, the quick versions. Then you can click over to the page for all the details of, of each of the you know the coterie, the one to one, things like that, and uh, whatever this this to be named level that's coming soon. We'll have that linked up there as well when it's uh, when when we have a name for it. I'll probably let you know about it too. But uh, if you have any questions on coaching or, or if it's something that uh, you're interested in at all, uh, feel free to let me know. You can reach out. There's a contact form. You can obviously find me on social media, all those types of things. Happy to answer your questions for you. And uh, if it's the right fit, happy to uh, looking forward to the opportunity of potentially working with you as well. But uh, anyway, disruns.com slash coaching. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is a lady that uh, I've had the pleasure of coaching for a little while now. And uh, recently I had the uh, the pleasure of pacing her during her first 100 mile race, which also just so happened to be her first ever race of any distance. So I guess, uh, you know, the old adage of go big or go home kind of applies here, right? But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, looking forward to chatting with her a little bit more and, and sharing some of her story and trying to figure out what kind of... Uh, what kind of woman just signs up for a hundred mile race as their first race less than one year after, uh, you know, going for her first run. So, uh, lots of things to talk about today and without any further ado, it's, it's a pleasure to welcome Ms. Anna Robbins to the show. So, uh, thanks for joining us today. Anna, really appreciate it. Hey y'all. Yeah. Good to talk to you, Denny. Yeah. Yeah. After, uh, 
you know, as if as if twenty something hours of of yammering in the mountains wasn't enough. You know, here we are, like a, a week and a half later. Let's let's talk some more. But uh, guys, if you want to, you know, kind of follow along with with Anna, probably Strava is, is as good a place as any. Uh, not real active on social media, which hey, you know, not for nothing. Kind of jealous about that. But if you want to check out her Strava, you know, it's Anna Robbins, A N A R O B B I N S. Pretty easy to find. We'll have it linked up in the show notes. But you know how Strava links are. If you know Strava, it's all like Strava.com slash number number number. So we've got the link in the show notes. If you just want to search for her, you can find her there as well. Uh, but the show notes for today, disruns.com slash 976. Disruns.com slash 976. Uh, photos, links, the whole nine as per usual. So, uh, Anna, the way we always uh, start off the show is with a simple question that theoretically has a simple answer. You might only technically have one answer, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe that makes it real easy. I don't know. Uh, but we'll just, we'll just throw it out there and see where it goes and start from there. And that's just simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? <laughs> Well, I've only raced one distance, and I loved it. So my favorite distance is definitely a hundred. That's just bananas. That's just bananas. <laughs> um, we'll 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 get into that in a, in a as we go, of course. But um, I guess I guess you know, and, and obviously being you know coaching you and working with you for a bit, like I, I know a little bit of the backstory. But but honestly, there's there's some patches I feel like I want to fill in as well. So we're going to start with some of the backstory, and then obviously get to uh, some of the baby dragon 100 miler stuff uh, before too long. But um, you started running about a year ago as we're recording this. So like just, it, it was, it was not quite a year when you, when you did the hundred mile race. Um, but what, what was it that encouraged you to, uh, to get started with running? What, what was it that made you get some, some shoes and get out there and, and start, uh, doing this crazy thing that we all know and love? Yeah, it's almost my one year anniversary. It's August 31st was my first run and I did couch to 5k an app, mm-hmm. um, and it was awful. Like the first day I went with my daughter, I could not run 0.1 miles, like a flat distance without needing to walk. And I mean, I'm thin. I'm not, I'm not like carrying a lot around. Uh, and I was just like shocked by that. And it was in quarantine already. It was August, you know, last year. Um, and I just got into that app and then skipped ahead a little bit in the app and like sort of quickly started liking running, which of course is really important when you're trying to like maintain a, you know, a habit or a discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then pretty quickly I like did 10 miles and that was awesome. Um, I also like around this time read this book, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is about like compounding habits and stacking habits and sort of commitment. Um, and then soon I ran a marathon and it was awesome. And I was also like playing around with, um, high fat, low carb. So I did that marathon fasted, which I was like, Whoa, this is cool. And felt fine. Um, and then I think shortly after that, I contacted you, right, Denny? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. And I'm going to, I'm going to get into that marathon story a little bit as, as well. But, uh, you know, the, the, the idea of, you know, just starting. And, and like you said, like that, those first couple of days was, was tough. Was it, was a challenge was not, uh, maybe not as easy as you might've expected it was going to be. Um, any, any idea why you, why you stuck with it? Because at that point you don't have a habit built yet at that point, yeah. you're not really enjoying it yet. Um, why not go, you know what, maybe this running thing isn't for me. I'm going to do, you know, dot, 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 X, Y, Z, whatever other type of exercise yeah. or activity or something during, during the pandemic. Like why, why did you stick with the running when it wasn't a whole lot of fun at the beginning? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I definitely have a personality for that, for like making a commitment and not backing off. But also, more significantly, pretty soon I started enjoying it. Like as soon as my fitness got a little better, I was running around on the belt line, this like 
whatever, depending on who you ask, 26 or 32 mile loop around Atlanta. That's like almost finished being built. And it's like a loop around my city where I grew up, where I live now, like, you know, where I've had my whole, it's just awesome. You Mm -hmm. see all these different neighborhoods. It's on an old railroad track, so it's totally flat and like lots of parts of it aren't paved yet or blocked off or you have to like sort of go through someone's property. But I, I started just loving it. I loved like, oh, now I'm in downtown. Oh, now I'm in Buckhead. Um, so I started liking it quickly. I think that would, that's critical. If you don't like what you're doing a lot of hours a day, that's hard. Also, I was really, really slow. So when I was running far distances in the beginning, it was a lot of hours, like way more than anyone would think. Um, So you have to be liking it if you're out there for like eight or 10 hours. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, you know, anybody who trains for anything long, whether it's, you know, you're out there for four hours, six hours, eight hours, whatever. Um, yeah, if, if, if you're miserable the whole time, you, you find another way to, to spend your time pretty quickly. Um, but before picking up the, the app before, or I guess downloading the app and, and getting into couch to 5k, what was, what was fitness like for you? I mean, were, were you, you know, active yeah, on other places? A, yeah, I was just obsessed with a different thing. I was obsessed with Bikram yoga and I did that, you know, every day, multiple times a day and at different points, like had different, you know, addictions to that, I guess. So like I said, this is not, not in my personality, but in terms of running, I mean, I ran in middle school, I'm 38 now. So that was, you know, more than 20 years ago. I haven't run since then. Um, so this is sort of out of the blue, you know, I, gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I don't know this guy's name. I should have looked it up and see if I could find it before the podcast, but, um, somehow I was like, you know, in a black hole and on the internet, you know, during the pandemic. And I like, started like learning a lot about this guy who was he was a scientist but also he was a illustrator of of like different species mm. and he lived out in the woods and he liked running it's just this really interesting loner guy and I got interested in him and he 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 did endurance running he only like a couple times ran in a race but that's just what he would do he would live in the woods and go run the trails Um, and like right around then me and my husband were buying a mountain house too. So I was like envisioning myself on trails and these things sort of like all came together at the same time to create like, you know, positive reinforcement for each other. Gotcha. Gotcha. Funny how, you know, when you, when you have the benefit of hindsight, even, even still recent hindsight, you know, just not, not even a year ago, but able to look back and and see how some of the dots kind of formed and, and you happen to start connecting them. And then, you know, again, we'll, we'll get to it, but fast forward, you know, oh yeah, we'll just, we'll just run a hundred miles. But, um, you, you mentioned that kind of in that, in that buildup, and this was before we got started working together, but not much before that, that you ran a marathon and, and the way I've, I've referred to it, I, I think when I was telling Rebecca about it, when we were first getting started working together, I like, oh yeah, I'm working with this new lady and who, you know, she just accidentally ran a marathon last week or whatever it was. Um, Mm -hmm. because you know, like you said, you, you ran this marathon, but what you glossed over was the fact that you weren't intending to run a marathon that day. So, so what, what happened? Like, like take us back to, uh, whenever it was January, February of, of, uh, I guess of this year. So January, February, 2021, something like that. Uh, just before we got started working together, uh, what was your, what was your first marathon situation? Yeah, it's funny. I think another thing like that is part of my personality is I'm not very planful, which is why it was like amazing to link up with you, Danny, because it was like I just had to follow the plan. I didn't have to make a plan. So like at that time, you know, I was just liking running. I was like, you know, I was just enjoying it. And work was crazy and stressful. And there was a lot on my you know, it was just like aligned well with a lot of things. I stopped going to Bikram yoga because of the pandemic. 
Um, I was loving seeing all these different parts of Atlanta. I can't really remember exactly what happened on that day, but I'm sure it was some, actually I do remember I, I, I went out and I knew that like at seven miles, I had to turn around in order to get home in time for like a, a, you know, like a business call. And then when I got to seven miles, I got a message from the person I was supposed to meet with. And he said, oh, no, let's reschedule. I was like, "Okay, awesome. So then I like calculated, you know, I could I I could keep running up to whatever it was, you know, to 10 miles and then turn around and still get home before my next meeting that had to be, Mm -hmm. you know, professional for not running because I could do the other meetings while I was running. And I, I'm sure it was just like whenever, whatever, at at some point I got to 12 and I was like, oh, I'm halfway. I might as well go the rest of the loop. Um, yeah, because it definitely wasn't planful. Like I did not have enough water. I did not have enough nutrition. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. Yeah, it, it's well, it was hot. You didn't know what you were doing, but at the same time, you weren't. It's not like you were setting out to just go. I'm just going to go run a marathon today and, and, and do so somewhat arguably woefully ill-prepared like like you were just going out for you know a a dozen miles 12 miles 14 miles something like that which um at that point you know you would if memory serves and again correct me if i'm wrong but like you'd done before like that was that was still relatively comfortable no big deal yeah and i think um i think the other thing that's important in this creation story is that this was in the city so i also had this like you know unspoken safety net it was covid but if i had to i could put a mask on and get in an uber which i actually did once uh i forget why but something happened and i have i did do that one time um now that's very different about than how the story continues of when i start running like out in the woods that's a different scenario like going out 12 miles there or whatever 15 miles there it's very different because mm-hmm. you can't just drop off anywhere like you can when you're running in the city. Right. And, and in the city as well, you know, like you said, kind of being uh, ill-prepared as far as hydration, nutrition, yeah, things like that. Yeah, you get like, water, you get food. Exactly. Fine. If push comes to money. shove, you can stop somewhere at a gas station, sure. or a grocery store, whatever, and, and get something. So you, you finished the, this marathon that was kind of just, for lack of a better way of saying it, kind of stumbled into it by accident. And oh, by the way, I guess I ran a, ran a marathon today. Um what was what was the mindset like, whether it was that day, the next day, whatever, as far as like, well, shit, like, what did I just do? Like, was there any of that? Or, or well, like, I didn't the, I didn't like? really have a lot of context. It's not like running was like something I followed or that at another point in my life I had aspired to do a marathon. I knew my sister had run. I really didn't know if she had done a half marathon or a marathon. It wasn't, you know, and in fact, like I knew it was cool. And I texted it to my husband and like, he also like, it's not that he didn't think it was cool. It's just like, we weren't runners. Like that wasn't something on our radar. It's not, we don't even know how to appropriately like acknowledge that. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I just started to realize also I could have kept going. And then I had this, this guy, the scientist in my mind who just said like, yeah, I used to run marathons, but I would pass everybody at the end. I'm really slow, but I would pass everybody at the end. And I'm really slow, and I like to be good at things. So if I could make the objective going long instead of going fast, that's something that's more about, like, grit and focus and, you know, continuous effort. That I'm in charge of. I, I, I don't feel like I'm in charge of how fast I can go. Like, that is more physical. Right. So once the contest started to be how far you can go, that was something I wanted to compete in. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, well, but you know, all that, that being said, maybe, maybe a little bit of devil's advocate, maybe just a different perspective, but like, you know, like a marathon is still pretty far and, and, you know, I guess in theory and maybe what a lot of people are in practice or a lot of people's practice tends to be 
is all right let's run some marathons and get get comfortable with it and maybe try to push push the pace over i mean still again you're talking 26 yeah. miles like like get a little bit faster here and get some experience um did that thought ever cross your mind well okay again i had already dropped i was never again going to consider this thought of speed like i had mm-hmm. already let that go so that wasn't a consideration but then in terms of like doing something, it's not that I at some point wouldn't have sent the goal of marathon, but then I had already done that. So I'm not going to set that goal again. And I don't care about getting faster. I care about getting longer. So it never really seemed appealing to do a marathon because that wasn't my, I had already done that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so then again, let me, I'm going to get inside your head a little bit. I'm going to figure some things out that's going to help us going forward from the coach okay. athlete perspective. <laughs> okay. But like, I, I can get, I get that. All right. I can wrap my head around the idea of like, Speed isn't a thing for you, or at least at that time, wasn't anything that you were super focused on, super worried about. Like, let's see how far I can go. Um, I know that you didn't know a lot as far as just running and, and culture and ultra different different type of distances and things like that, because we we worked through a lot of that and you, and you learned some things and, and we're, there were different options. But like a hundred miles, like there are other distances before that that you know you could have climbed the ladder towards. Like, yes, you you did a marathon, awesome. Maybe a 50K, maybe a 50 mile, maybe something in between. Like, I don't know. Like there were I don't, I don't like, know if I knew that. I'm not sure if I, whether or not I knew that. I'm sure it was influenced by, because the other thing I did is when I started running, once I like had, before I even connected with you, like, like basically I think you can become an expert at anything, not maybe the world expert, but you can become expert in something in one year, not in a lot of things, mm-hmm. but like in one thing, if you pick something and you spend five hours a day on this thing for a year, you can get yourself to expert level. And that's basically like, you know, I, I really focused on trail running or running initially and then trail running. And so like, not only was I willing to do, you know, a four hour run every day, I was also, you know, listening to podcasts and watching movies and I don't know. It's, uh, it's, I get, I'm sure early on I was introduced to like a movie or something with a hundred miles. You know, there's so gotcha. many movies about running because there's like full length movies, but then all the companies like Solomon has feature films and Nathan, you know, it's all you like learn so much about the athletes and the sport. Like I just had unlimited access to information and spend five hours a day. Soaking it all advancing in. my knowledge. Yeah. 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 All right, so so somewhere along the line, the seed gets planted, hundred miles, and then not probably not too long after that because it wasn't too long after this marathon that uh, mm-hmm. that that we talk and you and and I remember you saying, you know, I think I want to do a hundred miler. Um, is that crazy? And I was like, well, you know, like yes, but no, you know, like, like no, I said, is it possible? <laughs> okay, is it, is it is it possible? And, and yes, certainly possible. Um, so, so we kind of, I didn't say, is it crazy? Well, it is crazy. Just let the record show hundred miles, hundred miles at any point. <laughs> I'm not saying like in your time frame, asked. your time frame is uber crazy, but it just in general to me, hundred miles, still crazy. But so, so we get, we get, you know, saddled up or, or I guess maybe before that, um, you know, the, the, the way that we got connected was you had you know posted something in, in one of the, the like fat adapted athlete Facebook groups or something mm-hmm. like that, that we both happened to be in. Uh, I saw it, I replied and, and. I guess, I don't know if you checked out the website, whatever, we, we got connected. Um, what made you think about looking for, for a coach? Was it kind of going back to what you said, like oh. being a planner? Like, was that part of it or, or what kind of got you done? Because I don't, I didn't have any running friends at all in my life. I had linked up with this one guy who I met and had a lot of friends in common with. And I started running with him once a week, but he's not a professional runner. I mean, he's awesome and he's done a marathon and he has some experience, but soon I was like running a lot. Like, you know, I needed advice. I needed, like, I needed more. 
And I really like running alone. And in fact, I really liked the balance of running alone, you know, over the six days, you know, maybe four, you know, four or five times by myself and then running the one day with Jeff. I loved that cadence. Um, so I didn't want to disrupt that by like starting to run every day with someone, you know, um, and also I just know from like other things I've decided to like become an expert and it's like, you know, one way to hack your way to success is to get expert advice and expert guidance. That way I'm like benefiting from all your years of learning instead of just my few months of learning. Right. So, so we get started and, and pretty, pretty early on, I mean, like, like, I mean, basically from day one, it was, it was pretty clear to me that like hundred miles, like that's, that's what we're working towards, you know, and, and, and you hadn't signed up for a race yet. There wasn't a, a definitive timeline yet. Um, right. but, but again, at some point in the, in the early days, my memory and, and admittedly my memory on some things is usually a little bit fuzzy, like especially conversations. I get the gist, but sometimes I might, you know, say crazy when you say uh, possible and, and you know, whatever, that, that's fine. Um, but, but, I, I do remember again at some point exactly when um, that it was like you know it'd be awesome to run a hundred miles right around your your one year anniversary of running which like you said was was August thirty first which you know FYI August in Atlanta or at least anywhere in the south and even in, oh, yeah. anywhere mostly in the United States still pretty yeah. darn hot and there's not as so many hot. options of marathons let alone hundred mile ultra marathons to to run. Um, you know, but you start looking in September, October, you got more, you have more options, but, but where did, like, was it just kind of poetic that a hundred miles at, at, at a year or like, like, why did you kind of get your heart set? Because we had the conversation and you were, you were basically, you were pretty forceful of like, I really want to do it in August period. So, you know, okay, we'll figure it out. But, but why, why were you so set on that? Was it just, well, I like year? how that sounds. Yeah. I did it in a year. Also, I know about myself that I can lose interest in things. Mm. So part of, so basically I did every single thing I could do to stack the deck to be able to accomplish this. And part of that was setting like a finite amount of time for it. You know, like in my career, I do development, I raise money. And like, you could say, I'm going to raise a hundred thousand dollars over the next 12 months, or you could say, I'm going to raise a hundred thousand dollars over the next 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. And in some ways the 12 weeks is so much easier, right? Cause it's a more finite, right? You know, you can go all in more, more. You know. Yeah. Well, you, you don't. You like. You know. What is it? Is it like Pareto's principle or somebody? One of the, one of those you know, random principles where like the amount of time, like the, the, the you'll fill the time you have to get the the, mm -hmm. the project done. Right. So if you have twelve weeks, you'll get it done in twelve weeks. If you have twelve months, right. it'll take you all of twelve months. So right, right. So so I get that from, you know, from that example of, of fundraising or, or any uh, of a number of other examples, but like when it comes to physical adaptations, which obviously there's a lot of those involved with running, um, you can only speed things up so much. You know, you try to go too crazy or too quickly, I guess maybe I would still say maybe crazy, but too quickly. And you know, you're, you're, you're really playing with the injury situation, but you know, lo and behold, we find this race not too far from Atlanta, uh, happens to also be where that, that cabin is the, the mountain house that you yeah. all purchased, which was, which was too convenient. Um, and, Which and, this wasn't true at the time, but later what became true is we took down some trees and we opened up a view. And it turns out we're looking at our long range views, West Wildcat Mountain, which is race goes over West Wildcat Mountain. Mm -hmm. So it, it worked out perfect. Fortuitous. Yeah. 
except that this race, which, which again, <laughs> we didn't really know at the time. So I signed up for it based on the distance, the zip code, and it was the month I wanted. Mm-hmm. Okay, which, I ignored which, the tip, fact that it was tip, called, like, the Not the best hell. reason to sign up for a race is the, the, the yeah, distance I, and the zip code I, and the time frame. Like, maybe not the best Yeah. Reasons. I ignored like the sarcastic remarks about how this race is the seventh circle of hell, you know, on the race page. I ignored everything else. Those were just the three things. I, oh, there was another thing I considered. I, um, I also chose this race because somewhere on the Internet, there's this like spreadsheet of all all ultra marathons with images of the belt buckle of the buckle of the buckle that you win if you complete it. I think it's for 100 to get a buckle. Only 100, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, only 100 to get a buckle. And I looked at all the buckles, and I really liked this buckle. So I liked this buckle. It was near my house. It was the right month. I was like, great. At this point, I have relinquished control of what my running schedule is going to be to Denny. And I'm basically, I think, more or less doing what you say, right, Denny? Like one time you talked to me and you said, hey, (laughs) your goal is to meet the goal, not to exceed it. But other than that, I mostly, I listen to you during training, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we we were pretty well. We did pretty well, uh, you know. And and you know, from a realistic perspective, like like we were in good conversation about. Hey, you know, sometimes as I say all the time, whether it's to, to folks I'm working with or just on on here, you know, life happens and you got to adjust a little bit. So you know, like you'd have yeah, I travel of miles. Lot, that yeah. was the goal for the week in terms of you know, broken up in in these five or six runs. Sometimes it happened like scheduled. A lot of times a day got shifted here or this one went longer. Or this one went short. Like, like, but we, we got yeah. it, we got it done and we got the work in. Um, but, but you know, like you said, the, 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 the sign up for the race, um, like you, you picked, you, you picked the, the, the race to sign up for. There wasn't a lot of information out there details wise about the race and more of it became clear as, as we, as we went that uh not for still a long time not yes. for still a, a lot long time. of stuff nothing was clear for a long time right. about the race right but but i guess what i was trying to get at is that there's no i don't believe there's any such thing as as an easy 100 miles like if you're going to run 100 miles like that's not right. that's not going to be easy um but on the scale of easy to hard 100 mile races this was like this is up there lots of elevation gnarly trails not a lot of runnable sections quite frankly, as far as I was concerned from, right. the, from the trail that I saw. It's rough. And and so while it looked like, and I remember, we, again, we had this conversation a little bit of like, like it had a 50-hour cutoff. So you had two days plus to, to finish. Which is thing, super generous for 100. Super That's a super generous. generous time. Yeah. But it is, there was, you know, 29,000 feet of elevation. Right. Which which is easy like, to so lose Mount sight Everest. of that. It, it felt like we had all <laughs> the time in the world almost to, to, to get it done. No. Um, but it was it was a tough race. So anyway, so as it, we'll get to the race here. Yeah. In a so second. so so talking about no information available. I mean, I emailed them several times and did not get a response. At some point, I did get a response many weeks later from the race director, who said, um, he said, I mean, whatever. It's very reasonable if someone's not run a hundred, you're not going to encourage them to do this. But he said on a on a five point difficulty scale, this is a five. Mm-hmm you know, please consider the 40. I said, you know, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, you know, actually at this point it was a little bit later. So, so I link up with you. I, I relinquish control of how much I run. I then, uh, you know, figuring out how much to run each day. Cause at that point I could, I had gone 26. My natural instinct was probably to go 35 the next week and right. then 45 the next week. And that's what I would have done if it wasn't for you, but I re- relinquished control, did what you said. And then I spent that extra energy learning like more about nutrition and other aspects of running, watching movies, and like immersing myself and all that. Um, 
And so I, I thought that all went pretty well. And then about like five weeks out from the race, they start to communicate that, that he responds to me, whatever this race director and, um, and me and my husband, my husband is a very experienced hiker. Okay. And so am I, I mean, we camp, we hike. Mm-hmm. So we drove our two cars up to the mountains and parked one at each end of this 20 mile course, this hundred mile race was on a 20 mile course there and back there and back halfway and back. Uh, and so we were going to hike the 20, you know, Eric said, you, you really should hike the whole trail. We had done pieces of it. You should hike the whole trail before the race. Okay. That's a good idea. It's July 4th. The race is August 13th, Friday the 13th. Uh, so we parked two cars, you know, it's a big deal. You driving around on forest service roads. It takes mm-hmm. a long time. And we DNF'd. We could not finish the trail. It was like starting to get dark and we still had eight and a half more miles to go. At this point, when we crossed a forest service road and we ended up hitchhiking uh, back to one of our cars because we could not finish it. And I was like, oh, man, I was so down, Denny. I didn't even want to communicate with you because I was just so down. But we got home from the cabin that to the cabin that night and I was just like so down. And I just said, OK, I'm not going to go do this race if I'm not going to finish it, but I am going to finish it. So let me just figure out like what has to be possible in order for me to finish it at this point. I'm five weeks out. I can't, I haven't finished the trail walking yet with my husband as the, you know, so I like that day made a plan. I was like, I have to do all my long runs out here. I have to be able to go out tomorrow, run 10 miles. I forget what my goal was, you know, 20 minute miles. uh, And then I have to turn around and do it the next morning too. And then I was like, okay, and I have to figure out, like, who's going to pace me at this race, how that's going to work. I'm going to have to do all my long training runs out here for the next five weeks. Uh, You know, I just, like, put in place all the – I have to do a night run. I had never run at night. I've got to get all the equipment. i got to get a headlamp, like, all that stuff. And I remember I I took, like, a Post-it note, and I wrote down everything you said for my training plan, like, how many miles I had to do each day because I knew I could not do them those days. And I, like, rearranged it all one for one. Like, I exactly took each assignment and put it somewhere else. And I knew that if nothing went wrong, I could do that. And then I started to realize, like, the only way – like, it had to be you. You were the only pacer (laughs) option. I didn't have another one, so I had to figure out how to convince you. You know what? I made this list, and then I just started taking things off the list. Like, that was such a discouraging night. Me and my husband sat in the hot tub. sort of a bummer. At that point, I'm saying, okay, I'm probably not going to do the race. You know, Mm -hmm. if I can't figure this out, I don't think I can do the race. Get up the next morning, do 10 awesome miles on the trail. What I learned on that run was I love running downhill. So when I'm hiking with my husband, it's awesome because I'm with him and we're like hiking uphill and hiking downhill. But it's not there's not the exhilaration. It's not fun. You're not flying downhill, dangerous, avoiding rocks, getting the, the adrenaline. So once I had that, that made a huge difference in like how much I liked doing it. Um, and then woke up the next morning, ran like eight or something, saw a bear. I, I increasingly more and more was like started once I started getting up there would start seeing bears. And at first I was really scared of that. And then at some point I overcome that too. Cause I just ran out there so much. You just, you know, mm-hmm. you just figure it out. So yeah. And then you agreed. Right. 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 Yeah. We'll, we'll, so, so, so training is going well-ish and then you get out there a little bit of a reality check this is not going to maybe be as not not well-ish it was going well but the that 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 hike with with eric that was that was Uh, i was like this is a different sport yeah like the other thing was when i had that good 10 mile run next and i loved running downhill it wasn't just that 
I loved running downhill in comparison to what I had done before with Eric. I had never really run downhill because I'm running on the Beltline in Atlanta, which is totally flat. Maybe one or two times I had gone out on the Appalachian Trail and run on the trail, but I didn't have experience running downhill. So that was my first experience running downhill. And that like injected like steroids in terms of like the fun level that I was having with what I was doing. Yeah. So like so, running is fun, but flying is really fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Until you're, until you lose track of self when you're, when you're flying and then all of a sudden it maybe ceases to be as much fun, but thankfully we mostly avoided that as well. No, Mile no uh, tumbled down mountainsides or anything like that. So you get, you, you start spending some time out on the trail, which again, like easy to lose sight of the fact that like at this point you're still 10 months, 11 months into being a runner um, who had never really done any trail running before. And you've got this 100-mile trail race staring at you, uh, getting getting closer and closer. Um, getting the time on the trail, that's helping. But all of the logistics, right? Like, like again, easy to, to especially for me, who's never done a 100-miler and, and may or may not ever do one. We'll see. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But, like, all of the planning that has to go into it beyond just the training. You know, you, you can do the training. You can, you can figure out a hotel. You can figure out campsites. You can figure out some of those logistics. But like the preparation for drop bags, like you said, pacers, crew, all, all of these extraneous things um, that we work through. And, and quite frankly, you, you were on top of for, for somebody who doesn't like to plan or isn't the best best planner. You had all this stuff. <laughs> well, out well, at that point, I had a different priority than my natural instinct to not plan. At that point, I had already established the, the priority that I was going to finish this. And I had a huge disadvantage to most ultra runners. Most ultra runners have a lot more experience than I had. So I knew I could make up for a lot of things. I could not make up for the experience, but I could do like a ton of research and like figure out the best drop bags where if you had been doing ultras for 10 years, you might not take the time to like audit all the different lists of drop bag, you know, stuff that you can Mm -hmm. find online. Right. Like I had this all fresh and I just knew I was going to, I was going to, um, manipulate every single element of it I could one thing I could not was actual experience I could in the sense that I could get out on the trails more and more Mm -hmm. but at a certain extent to a certain you know at a certain point I couldn't maximize I didn't have five years experience right yeah you weren't going to get five years of experience in in five weeks no matter how much time you tried to spend on no but I could do enough research to make the most perfect drop bag right right um, and even then there were some, some hiccups with where the bags were and where they weren't. And, and mm-hmm. which, which again, the more experience you get in ultra running, you'll realize that that's just, that's just part of the process. There's always going to be mm-hmm. something that's, that's a little bit off, but it's rough around the edges, rough around the edges. Absolutely. Right. So, so, yeah, you know, I mean, I think there's a number of advantages to being a total novice and not having mm-hmm. any, there's definitely advantages and disadvantages. One of the disadvantages is definitely you can't make up experience, but there's all these advantages too, right? Like I come naturally with confidence, probably more confidence than is reasonable for someone setting out to do a hundred miles. That's on, on the hardest, most difficult trail in Georgia that has never uh, run more than 35 miles in one day before, mm-hmm. you know, but I came with a lot of confidence, maybe more than is reasonable, but because I'm a novice, I, I, it didn't get tampered down based on the experience of seeing a lot of other people not succeed, you know, like I, you know, also because I was a novice, I didn't like know any, anything about like equipment or I knew a lot about nutrition, but I didn't know about like electrolytes and, and, and bars and stuff like that. I, all these runs I was doing, first of all, I was doing all these long runs you were assigning me. I was doing them on the trail. 
out in the wilderness by myself, self-supported. I didn't know I was doing them self-supported. That was the only thing I had ever known. Right. When you run in the woods, you have to bring everything. And I wasn't bringing anything from the store. I wasn't bringing bars or electrolytes. I was using salt. Mm-hmm. And I was fasted usually. Yeah. Maybe I would have some peanut butter in my bag or something. Right, right. Yeah. So, and, and, and you know, from, from my perspective, like you would mention these things after the fact, and it was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I didn't even think to tell you some of these things or, or at least point you in, I, mean, I tried to think of as many as I could, but just, mm-hmm. you know, because you were so new, sometimes I forgot that you didn't know some of the things that you didn't know, but you know, yeah, I didn't know the basics. You, you, you put your research hat on, you got, you got the research done. You figured some things out, asked a bunch of questions. We had some, some, some calls and some talks and, and, and got things lined up with, with me coming to pace. And you, you found another person to come come pace for, for, for a section as well. So, you know, kind of fast forward to, to Wait, let me tell morning. one more story okay. during yeah, this time. That's a good one. So, so five weeks out, me and my husband went on this hike. We didn't finish it. I committed to the trail. I was out there all the time, as much as I could. I was driving back from back and forth from Atlanta all the time, but I was trying to get in all these miles on the trail. And so then like, it's my last weekend doing a long run. I think that I'm going to be able to do on these trails before the race. And, um, I had never run at night before. So I told my husband like, okay, well, I want, let's go hike at night on Friday night. And then on Saturday I'll do a long run and I'll run into the night. So it won't be my first time, you know, I mean, we've spent a lot of time in the woods, but I just wanted to do that. So we stop at REI, we got this awesome headlamp, you know, it's basically like a Subaru headlight you put on here. And uh, we get up, we're a little late, we get up to the Appalachian Trail and we walk for like, we hike for like 10 minutes. I'm like, man, this light is awesome. This is awesome. You know what? I'm tired. Let's just go home. We don't need to hike together. I feel comfortable in the dark with this light. Like, it's cool. Next day takes me to the trail. Uh, I run 30 miles. I'm like, maybe, I don't know, whatever, five miles from where he's going to pick me up. He spent the day in Blue Ridge with our friends and I'm about to use the light. It's getting dark. You know, I've been running for whatever, 12 hours or something. And I'm telling, you know, I have reception for a second. I'm like, oh yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm about to use this light and it's awesome. So it gets dark. I start to use the light. I'm like maybe four miles from where I need to be. And the light flashes five times. That's the signal that it's about to go on reserve battery. It's about to, you know, it's dying. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, this awesome light that I got that has a rechargeable battery, I never charged it. I just (laughs) used it off the shelf, you know, like when you buy an Apple phone and you just start using it. So then I was in the woods alone in the dark Mm -hmm. and I knew something wasn't right. Like I had run the trail enough to like think something wasn't right. My Apple watch had also died though. So I wasn't able to see where I was, but the trail was marked for a race, a different race, not the one I ran a different race. And at some point it was dark and I didn't have good lighting. I couldn't really follow the blue blazes on the trees, but I could follow the race flags. Started following the race flags. I got real lost. So I don't have any food. I'm out of water. You know, now it's like whatever, mm-hmm. 10, 11 at night. I said, Eric, man, you got to, can you hike in and meet me at this like trail intersection with water? Cause I, you know, I need some water. Uh, so he drives there, he hikes in a mile and a half. It's a really hard hike up Mount Skeena mountain. He waits there for a couple hours. I don't make it. I'm, I'm on a different trail. I know something is wrong. I'm turning around. I'm, you know, it's not good. Eventually I come to a forest service road and get reception for a second. I say like, you, you know, I don't know where I am. Mm-hmm. He ends up hiking down. He drives for like an hour and a half on forest service roads, 
uh, hikes through a, a river, like hikes a couple more miles and finds me where I am. Uh, so th- that is my last time in the woods before the race. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing like leaving on a high note. <laughs> um, but fortunately it was fine. Like I'm used to being in the woods. I knew I was going to be fine. I wasn't panicked. I was right. like, what's the worst thing that happens? The worst thing was I was out of water, which just meant I couldn't run anymore. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I could hear water rushing by. I just couldn't see, like, was it over the cliff? Where was it? And I had a life straw with me. So I knew no matter what, when the sun comes up at 530 in the morning, I'm going to have water. I'm not like, I'm not going to die of thirst out here. I'm thirsty now and it's cool. And I have to wait six more hours to get water. Like I knew I was safe. Which is an important Um, thing to, to be able to have kept your wits about you and not panic. Yeah. You know, I said, I'm just going to lay down here and you know, there's nobody in the world I would rather looking for me in the woods of North Georgia right now than my husband, Eric Robbins. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a mountain man. This is perfect. And he's looking for me. So, right. Right. So, so that's the last big run in the, in the woods, the dress rehearsal, if you will, let's, let's do some running at <laughs> night. Doesn't exactly go to plan. Um, but, but the race is coming, whatever it was, two weeks, two and a half weeks out at this point. Uh, we, we get to race morning. I'm, I'm hitting the road about the same time that, that you start the race. I'm, I'm, you know, driving up from, from Florida to, to Georgia to get ready to, to run some through the night with you. Um, how did, how did, how, I mean, I know we talked about it some, but like the, the first, you couldn't pick up a pacer until you were 40 miles in. So you had to go all the way out and all the way back on this, on this 20 mile stretch. Um, how, how did the race get going? Like, like there were four of you that I were running. Never, I had never met in person either of my pacers. I right. mean, I had met Kirby one time, and I had never met you in person, though you'd been coaching me for a few months. No, I uh, – listen, the first 40 miles was amazing. It's like, for example, if you usually shop at, at you know, whatever, Target Sports Athletic Section, and then you go and get stuff at Lululemon. You're like, oh, this is much better. <laughs> or it's like the first time you put glasses on. You're like, oh, this is – much this is easier than what i've been practicing so for me i've been practicing on that trail and i did not know this language at the time self-supported mm-hmm. i've been out there running 30 40 miles you know what well, maybe maybe let's say 25 30 35 miles by myself with everything i needed so race day those first 40 miles it was like what this people are pampering me every eight miles this is amazing also you know they say nothing new on race day I did have a few things that were new-ish on race day, um, including uh, I had only like a couple runs earlier switched to using store-bought electrolytes. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty new on race day. Uh, I got new socks right before. That was new on race day. So those small things of like much better socks, delicious electrolytes that (laughs) beg for you to drink them and fit within the way I like, like to eat. And like this awesome crew cheering me on every few miles and filling my water bottles for me was like, I felt like I was like at a spa run, you know, it was like best case scenario compared to what I had been practicing. Well, that's good. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good way for things to go. You know, you want to have the the rough run, at least I would personally prefer to have the rough runs on the training runs and have, you know, work the kinks out, hopefully, or at least get the, the bad juju out. And then, and then on race day, things kind of start to fall into place. But, but again, I don't want to gloss over this. There were four of you that were doing the race. Um, 
which people are going to hear that and like no, by like, the start at the start date more people had signed up but many some people have been discouraged i don't know how many some people have been discouraged to go down to 40 which the race director and other people who had done the race also encouraged me to go down to 40 which yeah. i think makes perfect sense right and, and your coach may have even tried to encourage you to drop down to the 40 until you put him in his place i get that but i was already past that decision right. point i had already made the decision i was finishing this race so when you guys were talking, it was like you were talking about something different that I wasn't even thinking about, that I couldn't even, mm. we were having different conversations. I wasn't considering what you guys were saying because I, I already decided, I already decided, I already made that decision. Right, right. So, so you, you all set out, the, the, all four of you, you go out and obviously it, it spreads out a bit as, as is going to do, no matter how many people are in the race over the course of, of 40 miles. But, um, you know, I get I get up there, I get settled in a little bit, try to catch a little nap, have something to eat, get ready to go, um, and you you come on back in to the to the the start finish line, which was at like I said about mile forty, um, uh-huh. at about eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, something like that on on Friday night. So you're talking uh, quick math about sixteen hours into into the race, you're you're back at mile forty, um, happy as a clam, ready to go, like excited, fired up. We, we set off. Oh yeah. It was my first time meeting you. I was so excited. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we got I had just, that was the furthest I had ever run. I had just run 42 miles or something. Mm-hmm. I was feeling great. Yep. Feeling great. We got off to a, I think a pretty decent start because the first stretch of the, the trail is probably the, the flattest slash least technical slash most runnable. So we're, we're moving well, here, here's how my day had gone before I saw you, like at the first stop, which is eight miles in fire pit, my crew wasn't there. When I came right. through, I was like, all right, I was a little faster than normal. Then the next big age station is at mile 12.5. At mile 12, I had passed. I was I was in second place in the race. At mile 12, I fell hard. I cracked my, I scratched my watch. I, I fell real hard. I thought I broke a rib or something. Um, and then my crew was at 12.5. And I just had already decided. Again, I had already decided I was doing this. I, was, I just decided. I mean, I had thought about it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But I had decided. I'm not talking about this. I'm not acknowledging this. Mm. You know, I don't need to go to the doctor. I don't, in the end, have a broken rib. So I'm not going to put this into words. I'm not going to say, ouch. I'm not going to tell them what happened. When I look at a mountain, I'm not going to say, oh, shit, there's so much up to go. I'm not going to put any negative into speech at Mm. all. So there was no question if I was going to tell them that I fell. I already made that decision. I wasn't revisiting decisions at this point. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, 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 so then I come into you. Yeah. At mile, right. so, so you get, oh, wait, so one other thing at mile 20, that was hilarious. So mile 20, I'm second place, right? I listen, I never considered I could be a competitor in this race until a couple <laughs> days before I was just trying to finish it. Mm-hmm. But a few days before I started digging into everybody else's statistics on Strava and I was like, Whoa, I mean, I don't know, but if I could keep the pace, I just ran for 10 miles on this trail for 40, I would win, right. <laughs> you know, right. but I don't know if that's reasonable. I just started to realize it's not 100% that I'm going to be last. Mm-hmm. It's not 100% for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I got that in my mind. So at mile 20, I'm in second place. Everything's going perfect. Perfect race day. For something this long, it has to be perfect. Perfect race day. Mile 20. Man, everything's working. I had pre-made all this food, the soup. I was eating sweet potatoes for the first time in months. I was getting like energy. It's about to feel great going back out on the trail. And the third place the person in third place comes up right behind me into the aid station. Okay. This is my first aid station in my first race, basically right where my crew is. Mm -hmm. I just ran away. (laughs) I just ran away. Whatever I had in my hands, that's what I took. I didn't have my hiking poles. I didn't have my 
Advil. I didn't have nutrition. I just ran away. And, um, you know, that's a place where experience serves you. Mm-hmm. If you're experienced, you know what you're looking for when you're going out. Anyway, that was just a little bit more dra- drama. Then I come into you at 40. I am so excited to meet you in person. I'm so excited to run with you and I'm feeling fine. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, we got off to a, a pretty good start in the, in the area of the course where quote unquote, probably the easiest part of the course. Um, but night has obviously already set in. It's 1130 at night that we got started plus or minus a few minutes. Um, and, and the night, I feel like was was a challenge for for both of us, uh, but but yeah. I, I don't know. Hopefully, more so for you than me because you already had forty miles on your legs before that. Um, but what was that first night of running all the way through the night like for you? Well, that was okay. I mean, you know, that was fine because for the four miles before I met up with you, I was running in the dark by myself, right. so it was great to be with you. Um, I think so. I had my lowest point of the run as you and I were coming in at. 60 so at like Mm. 55 and if i remember correctly i'm so curious what your memory of this is first of all my stomach was a little bit upset not nothing dramatic but a little bit upset but then um but also i don't know if it was you and i or just i had calculated oh shit like i'm doing pretty good i'm you know i'm in second place at this point again i'm back in second place Mm -hmm. i'm like uh if because because my competitor had laid down at home base and i did not you know, I didn't even know from that. I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> um, and uh, so so at some point I had miscalculated. I was like, wow, I'm doing so well. Not only am I in second place, if I can keep this up, I will finish at like 2 a.m. and I won't have to run through the second night. Mm-hmm. And I probably ran for 10 or 15 miles believing that was true. And then right before we went into the aid station, uh, you and me at, at 60 – I recalculated and I was like, oh, no, that's not right. I'm not right. going to finish till like 7 a.m. I'm running. I'm running all night through the night. And and now I'm dropping Denny off, who I now have like a good rhythm with mm-hmm. and getting someone else who I don't really know. And I sense this woman's on my tail. I've been holding second place this whole time, but I hadn't seen her. But how far behind me could she be? She's a mm-hmm. professional, you know. Yeah, it, well, not a professional runner, but a, she's also a running coach, and she's done multiple races before, multiple multiple ultras. Compared before. to me, she's a professional. Compared to you, yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, she's 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 got some experience on her side. She had, she had DNF the race the previous year, so she had even had some experience at this at this race. Um, but yeah, that would that sounds about right. That, that uh, all of a sudden things kind of like the numbers shifted a little bit, or we realized the numbers had shifted, um, mm-hmm. and and that led to a bit of a low point. Um, struggling like you said your, t- your stomach was was off a little bit which you know anybody who's who's had that grumble just a little was, bit it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't terrible i just didn't feel great but but yeah like like it was just all the all the things that that like first you said, time eating bars yeah well and like you said earlier like things had gotten off to such a perfect start and things were really yeah. falling in line pretty well and now all of a sudden as is going to happen over the course of 100 miles yeah some things are 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 going you know threatening to, to teeter us off the rails a little bit um, yeah, and I was honest with you, man, right? I mm-hmm. said, like, uh-oh, I'm hitting a low point. Right. I said, you know, this, this is a lot now. i got to go pick up Kirby and then go back up Skeena Mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... And, you know... So, so yeah, so we get to we get to mile 60. Um, and, and what are you thinking? I, you know, like, it was... It, it was I was starting to think that I don't know if this is gonna if this is gonna work out. Um, yeah. Because I wasn't sure what the cutoffs were. Like that was the thing. Like I needed to go yeah, check, yeah, check some yeah. cutoffs, see where we were time wise. That was the first cutoff when you dropped me off right there. Um, at mile and 60, we were and we were way in one. front of it. But I also 
seemed like I remembered that the cutoffs got, you know, you get, you, the closer you yes. get to the finish, the, the, the less the conservative they were they idiotic. Are. They were not strategic. Right. They were not, it didn't correlate necessarily with where, yeah, right. they weren't. So, and there was a lot of confusion about where and what time the cutoffs yes. were. That's an important theme that will come back later yeah. in the race. Yeah, that, that things weren't exactly clear all the time. But so, so I drop you off with Kirby and I kind of was talking to her a little bit and just kind of giving her, cause she had never run an ultra before. Like she's a good hiker and, and, and a, a pretty, pretty fast road runner, but this is a whole different, different type of situation. So I kind of give, give her the four one one a little bit. You're changing some clothes and trying to get something to eat and, and figuring things out, which is fine, which is what you should have been doing. Um, so I send, send you two off and head back to the start line to, to kind of, again, try to get some sleep and get, get something to eat and, and see where, see how things are going, trying to keep tabs on you as best as we can. Yeah. Um, but I, if I'm honest, I wasn't sure that, that yeah, you too. wouldn't pull the plug before you got there. And or was I wasn't sure if you were going to get there sure. and, and have the plug pulled on you because of cutoffs. That's it. Uh, that, that, that's the only time I wasn't sure. And it wasn't about if I was going to pull the plug. It's, it's was I got to start to miss cutoffs because mm-hmm. I was starting to like underperform a little bit for, you know, I was down basically. Right. Right. But, um, well, to, to just to continue the story of the actual race or like the the race in my mind. Mm-hmm. So when I was before I met with you, Denny, at mile like 30 or something, I had uh, got off trail mm-hmm. uh, and run about just like an extra mile. But that was when I got passed. I didn't see I didn't feel getting passed because I was off trail. So then I know. OK, so then uh, when I'm here and you drop me off. You know, I'm like obsessed with it when I'm with you and you're like, oh, my God, get a get real. We're not competing with her. We're just running this race. Uh, But I was real obsessed with it. And then when I was going up Skeena Mountain for the first time with Kirby, we passed Arabelle. She was probably, you know, less than half a mile behind me. So a mile behind. Um, And so then I got like some fire and I started feeling good. And Kirby had great energy and the weather was perfect. It had been threatening rain this entire race and had not I had not gotten wet. Mm -hmm. Just like that was a really good sequence with her, forty to sixty. Right, right. No, so, six. What was it? Sixty, 60 to, 80. to eighty. Yeah. Yep. So, so you know, I'm I'm getting some reports that like I figure out what the cutoff's going to be, um, as far as when you had to get back to the start finish at mile eighty, and kind of doing the math, going basically you needed to run sixty to eighty at the same pace that you ran forty to sixty, which oh, okay on the surface was was I was I was concerned about that, but. It, after yeah. thinking about it a little bit, like running in the daylight versus running in the mm-hmm. middle of the night, a little different mm-hmm. scenario. Uh, and mm-hmm. also that like, just based on how the course was set up for people that are trying to keep track of this in their own heads, it was actually 21 miles out. And then there was like 19 miles back. There's a little, slightly little cutoff. So it was a little bit shorter on the way back. So you had that going for you as well. Um, oh, so, see, I didn't realize that to the very end. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're kind of keeping tabs and it's looking like you, you're... But, but, but the other thing is when you, when you and I separated, I left my phone at the aid station. Right. So I didn't have a way to communicate with you. I knew I needed to communicate with you specifically because I know that even though we didn't talk about it, I knew you and I parted both sort of thinking like, and once you, a lot of times in an ultra, once you get it, that once the thought process goes that far to where you're already like, it's really, you know, it's it's hard to recover from that. Yeah. So I see why we both thought like, it can certainly go down, downhill quick, but you, but you rallied, you know, credit to where it's due. You you rallied. I'm getting some reports from your husband going, you know, yeah, because I couldn't text you because I didn't have my phone. And 
looking like she might get back in there, you know, around eight, eight fifteen, and and the cutoff was nine o'clock. So it's like, all right, well, shoot, like she's she's all right. I, I yeah, certainly better get ready because I think it's it was be looking like enough. we thought eight thirty at first, then we thought eight fifteen. Yeah, it's moving in the right direction, and then uh-huh. all of a sudden at about I don't know the exact time, but maybe six seven fifty eight we came in. Well, but the skies open oh. up. And it's oh yeah, man. Pouring. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you didn't have the any type of reindeer out there. Like it was, it, it was, was monsooning. The road we were at that point on that shitty Forest Service road that was mm-hmm. at the very end of the race, Denny. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That road, it was like flooded from right to left, like flood waters. Mm-hmm. Like it, it had a lot of current and force, and we were running through that. And that's actually when I got passed for the final time. Right. But um, yeah. That's what we we were experiencing right before we came in to meet with you. Yeah. So so I'm sitting here at, at seven o'clock, going, all right. Well, you know, theoretically she's going to be here in about an hour, something like that. Um, but daggum, like this rain is is no joke, and that's throwing a whole wrench in the situation that that hasn't been at, at play. But yeah, you make it uh-huh. in right about at eight o'clock, just a couple minutes before that. So you got an hour, change some clothes, get some dry clothes on, uh, get some hot food. And yeah, my husband had set up this awesome like tent and dressing room and kitchen area. Mm-hmm. We were like, we definitely had the coolest crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you, your your husband and, and Mark were were awesome as far as crew goes, especially for guys that didn't know what they were doing. They just they just yeah. did. it was awesome. But we set back out at about eight thirty. Um, got, into the monsoon. Into the, it was pouring. Well, right? it, was, it was still raining, but it wasn't monsooning anymore. Thankfully. Okay. Um, but we set back out. We've got whatever 12, 12 and a half hours to to finish to get out out and back. Um, and, and, you know, we just got to stay upright, keep moving. Um, what do you remember about that last, the last 20 miles? Cause, cause. Okay. I remember when we were on Kusa loop, which is the part that was going to be our last time doing that part of the loop. Cause we weren't going to double back there. Mm-hmm. I remember we saw one of the racers, Jeremy, who had misinformation about the cutoff time. Cause that was at about like 11 PM, maybe something like mm-hmm. that. And he thought he had to get back to home base by at, at um, Vogel State Park by one. And we told him, no, nah, man, the cutoff was nine. And he was like, oh, I don't know. And he kept going. And then a few hundred yards later, we saw someone else. And we're like, hey, who are you? And he's like, oh, I was, I'm Jeremy's pacer, but I'm sort of injured. So I'm not with him right now. And we we're like, OK. And you were like, we got to go. And I was like, yeah, we got to go. Mm-hmm. Um that com- that ends up being interesting later. So I remember that. And then I remember, I remember that Kirby had said to me a number. I don't remember what it was, but she said, you got to get, she said, we got, you and me went from Bryant Gap to, this is what she says, like, while she's addressing my wounds and changing <laughs> my clothes before I go back out. She's like, you and I ran from Bryant Gap to here to Vogel State Park in whatever. I think she said four hours. You got to duplicate that time with Denny twice in order to be safe that you're definitely going to get a buckle and not have to worry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that seemed reasonable. Like I noticed was it more up or down? No, it was about the same. I didn't realize they were different distances at right. that point. So when you and I were running and we didn't quite make it all the way to Brian in four hours, I didn't realize it was two hours. I didn't count. I didn't think about the fact that it was two miles more. Mm-hmm. But then I remember you and I got to fire pit. Do you want to say anything about that? No, I mean, that was, and, and, and fire yeah. pit, like, so that was like about eight miles into our, what ended up being about yeah. 11 and a half miles out and about eight and a half miles or, yeah, eight yeah, and a half miles back Yeah, we had six more miles to um, Brian Gap. But that was just, again, for context, for people that have seen my, my, my Strava, my elevation profile, that was like straight up for like fairly flat and runnable for like two and a half, three miles. Yeah. And then straight, basically, I mean, 
hyperbole like aside, basically straight miles. up for about, you know, for the other five miles to get to this aid station. <laughs> so again, go ahead. No, yeah, it's so, so interesting because like I, I, I became an expert on that course. You know, like I told you, I had to design everything as much in my advantage as possible. And part of what I did was I spent a ton of time out there. So it's just interesting to think about you were seeing, you and Jeremy also were seeing that hill for the first time. Mm -hmm. Me, I knew that was coming. You know, I learned those mountains. Right. And it's just, you know, your psychology plays different you know, whatever. So yeah, then we got to fire pit. Then we, we had six more to go. It was storming right at that point. Well, at, at that point, it was just gross. We still had, we still had like 12 to go. Cause we still had to go out to the, to the yeah, final turnaround and more, come back. We, yeah. So this is what I remember. We had six more to go out. The weather was really bad. It was really dark. It was really hard to follow the trail. The trail was really treacherous cause it had been washed out. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we would put our hiking poles down or our foot in the road, would, not the road, the trail was just like a road away from you. Mm -hmm. Then we were like probably 0.2 miles from the trail and we saw my competitor. She was going the other direction. So she was like that, that point, whatever, right. 0.5 miles ahead of us. Um, and this is what I remember, Denny. <laughs> we got there to Brian Gap. My husband was there in his Subaru and it was 2.15 in the morning. And Denny says, oh man, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, I mean, we're not going to make it. It's 2.15 right now. we got to be back there by three. And it just took us an hour to get here from there. And I was like, what? And I was like, no, no, no. I remember Kirby told me, she told me a way to remember it. It was 9.39. The cutoffs were 9 p.m. at Vogel, which we got there at 7.58, 3 a.m. right here where we are at Mulkey Gap, and 9 a.m. to make 50 hours back at, um, at the park. And there was a lot of confusion because there was, like, mm -hmm. different PDFs going around. So I remember that at that point, like, it dawned on me after – Oh, like Denny thought we were about to get in the car with Eric because we weren't going to make the cutoff. So we were, of course, if I wasn't going to make it, I was going to drop out of the race. Right. Um, that was a surprise to you, right? That we ended up turning around. Yeah, that was that was pretty. It's pretty accurate. So the, what the information I had, and again, going back to the lack of information and lack of clarity of of understanding what all was going on, the information I had was was nine three nine, but the three was the fire pit aid station that we had just been uh -huh. at. Uh -huh. For whatever reason, in my well, I know, right? In my sleep-deprived state that I was in at the time, <laughs> I was sleeping about five hours. Yeah, because you ran 40. through two nights. Yeah, um, I had it in my head that we had to be back to that aid station the second time at three o'clock. So we had gotten there at whatever at one o'clock in the morning, something like that, well ahead of the cutoff. But then we had to go out, you know, two miles or whatever, mm -hmm. two and a half miles to hit, the, mm -hmm. hit that last spot, turn around, and come back. And so I had it in my head that we had to be coming back to that mm -hmm. fire pit aid station at three o'clock. And there was just no way. Like, like it, it just, had taken us an hour to get there. It had there, taken us an hour plus to go that two and a half miles. It was raining and narrow and, yeah, and, and that dangerous. Was, that was oh, maybe and the most wait, gnarly wait, part there, of the trip. Yeah, go ahead. There's more information we had then too, because when we had got to fire pit, we heard from the aid station worker, oh yeah, Jeremy's pacer uh, never came back. Mm -hmm. And we said, what do you mean? We just saw him. They said, nope, he's missing. And then when we got back, yeah. So that's what we knew at that yeah. time. So there was all kinds of craziness going on. And, and I'm confused on like, you know, my one job is a pacer. Know what, know what time you have to be at where at the cutoffs. But I got that confused. And so, so yeah, so I'm like, there's no, there's no point. And you were like, no, this is where we have to turn around. And I remember thinking like, I'm pretty She's sure drunk. you're wrong, but like, whatever. If we've got to, if we've got to <laughs> hike another hour and a half in the rain to get back for them to tell us that, that it's over, like, Okay. Oh, really? You thought I was wrong? Between I thought Mulkey I still thought you were wrong. Fire pit. Um, oh, that's so funny. You didn't let on. I didn't know that. And then, and then, You're as, such a we, big sport, Denny. as we were going, I guess I was just chewing on it more in my mind. And I was like, wait a minute. I bet you 
that it was the first time through that we had to be there at three o'clock, uh, not to say, because, because from that it didn't point to the sense. end, it, the, the numbers yeah. didn't make sense anymore because that was yeah, close enough to halfway the first time sense, through. Right. And we only had like four miles after that coming back through. So it was just like, mm-hmm. well, if you still had six hours, like that doesn't, so anyway, so, so all of a sudden I'm feeling more confident that like, oh, wait a second, we're, you know, I kind of gotten over. But that was a tough patch between Mulkey and Fire. The, that whole way back was tough. That was Listen, I, I literally loved every second of this race, but I would say that that was the toughest part. I had run out of the right kind of socks. Mm-hmm. It was miles 90 to 100. Yeah, your feet were jacked I was up, wet. Wet, tired, cold. Yeah, all the things. Where I hadn't been any of those things to any extent at any other point in the race. Mm-hmm. I was never once uncomfortable the entire race until these last few miles. Yeah, which, which is pretty I never had good. a blister. I never, I never, nothing. Right, right. So we get back to, to fire pit. And, and kind of find out more about what's going on with, with somebody's lost. And, and So, yeah, then they say they've called the fire department. Mm-hmm. They're looking for him in the woods. We were like, we just saw him. Right. But right. we're not going back that way. But we're not going back. Well, and then, and so then, but we are on the way back. So we're, but, but, you know, I'm trying to keep you focused on, hey, like, we've got our job to do. Um, and you're all worried about, about Jeremy and the pacer and what's going on, which, which I get. I mean, I understand. I was worried about him too, but like, we had, we had to worry about ourselves at that point. Um, and, and so I'm also like at the early stages of hallucinating at this oh, point. Oh yeah, you, you weren't early. Like, you, were, you were hallucinating at that point, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because yeah, there were a couple okay, times you're like, right. "Do I see? Is there? Is there this thing up here?" And I, I like at first I was like, "No, you're hallucinating." And then you, then you said something. Is, is such and such over here? And I was like, "Yeah." And you were like, "Wait, really?" And I was like, "No." And so I was, <laughs> I was messing with you a little bit on the hallucination. <laughs> full disclosure. Well, I definitely, yeah, like I had run that trail enough that I knew there wasn't. I had seen a house when I was with Kirby, mm. and I knew it wasn't real because I knew I'd been on that trail enough to know there's not a house, and also it looked a little alive. But yeah, with you, I was seeing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, some some things that would make sense to be in the woods, but just weren't, and some things that were so I don't even remember the examples because I was. Out I of saw it too, Adirondack but, chairs. I yeah, remember you that remember, around remember the that fire pit. at one point? Yep. Um, but anyway, so we, so we keep going and, and we're getting, you know, we're coming down the mountain, which was, which was great to, to be able to finish down this vertical monstrosity, except for the fact that now it's all wet uh, and muddy. So it was, it was uh, a little bit trickier going and down than it was before that, it was one and a half miles straight up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right yeah. from fire pit to get to downhill yeah, was, was up straight down. up. Um, but, but, you know. Again, we were we were in a good spot as far as time. You were in a in a as good a spot as I think you could be at as far as I'm going to keep going and just keep me keep me moving. You know, stay in front of me and I'll try to keep up. And 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 we had a like you said, we had a good system kind of worked out. Um, once once we got close, I mean, once we got within you know a quarter mile, half a mile, Three. something like that, we crossed the road and and we got this little mm-hmm. stretch left to go. Um, do you remember what you were feeling? What was going What was going through your mind when when there was no doubt at this point. Like even if, even if you know it was crawling, you had plenty of time. You had, you ended up finishing just past seven o'clock, so it took just over. And we walked hours. to the last three miles because I, I, in my mind, I had a blister on my foot the size of a Walmart. <laughs> in actuality, it ended up being basically something you couldn't even see. But I was, I, my perception was I you was were, in so much pain. We right. walked those last three miles. Right. So, so what's, you know, as, as, as we're getting there, you know, we're, we're kind of back to, to the flat and semi runnable and you can almost see it now. What, what's going through your mind when you know this is going to happen? No question anymore. Yeah. I mean, I had visualized it so many times. It was just like fulfilling what I already knew was going to be true. Like I, 
ran in there with my hike trekking poles on, you know, at some point your click, click, click transitions from you're on the trail to then you all of a sudden you're on mm-hmm. cement. You still got to run past like three campsites to get to the, the finish line, you know. But I had like imagined every element of that, how it would sound, how it would feel like I it felt like fulfillment. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was so awesome. And I had had such a good experience. Like, yes, you and I had suffered those last few miles, but it it wasn't like I couldn't run in. It wasn't like I was limping in over the finish line. Like I was in remarkably good condition for having just run 100 miles when the furthest distance I had ever run before was 30 something. You know, I, I was like, yeah. And, you know, it makes sense to me now. But at the time, when you would say things like, I think like I was with you at something like mile 60 and we saw the race director, I forget what mile we were at. And I said to him like, uh, Perry, get my belt ready. And, and I think you were sort of like, oh my God, don't say that. <laughs> like, you're still so many, <laughs> you're so many miles away from the finish. What are you? And from my perspective, I wasn't so many miles away mm-hmm. from the finish. I had already decided I was going to finish. I was definitely going to finish. Um, but in, in hindsight, I think some of those like little things of like, um, yeah, that's like not appropriate. <laughs> yeah, you you were you were putting the cart a little bit in front of your horse there, but but you got you got through, you got finished, you got the the biggest freaking belt buckle the world has ever seen. You yeah. also you also collected your DNF or yeah your your DFL trophy, not your DNF. Let's not get that messed up. No, no. You 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 finished you finished your first race, uh, first in your age group. I I love these numbers here. The f- first in the age yeah. group. Second, second female, third overall, and DFL all at the same time, and and fourth person to ever finish the the race. Right, because only one person had finished it the previous time that they yeah. had run the race. So, like, yeah. like it was it was all the things you finished it. You you went back and passed awesome. out for a while. I went back and slept for like forty five minutes and then tried to drive home. Um, oh, you're crazy. But but you know we both made it home in one piece. What were what were the days? You know the the first few days after the race like for you as far as recovery? How were you feeling? How did you, how did you yeah. kind of come out of it? See, that was interesting because that's where my whole philosophy and entire practice of like becoming an expert and, you know, maximizing every single aspect of this completely broke down. Like I had done everything in terms of preparing the right foods and having, you know, my crew know what's going on and eating the right nutrition and knowing what I'm doing with it. I had I had the best pacers. I had perfected all of that. I never learned anything about what happens after an ultra and I had never done an ultra. And it turns out again, I was in remarkably good shape, Mm -hmm. but I never knew swelling feet was a thing that had never happened to me. I'd never had an injury before really. Right. Denny through my whole running, maybe I took a few days off. I Mm -hmm. never had an injury. So I was just not accustomed. So this is what happens after a hundred mile race, or this is what happened to me. And I saw pictures that happened to a lot of people. Your feet like blow up, <laughs> maybe not right at the end of the race, but like within 24 hours, you've like bust. I don't know what happens. You've busted all these capillaries. You've taken in so much sodium. I don't know what the cause is, but it's dramatic to where not only could I not get socks on, I had no shoes I could wear. I had to go buy Velcro shoes. Um, <laughs> but I got, I went to the running store. I got some compression socks uh, I started like, you know, after this race, then I started to have rate, you know, friends who run because we were all like everyone who did the race was connected by Facebook. So mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, is this weird? What should I do? You know, so all of a sudden I had like a community of people to to give me feedback. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and again, talk about things that I probably should have given you a, a little <laughs> heads up on, but didn't even think about the fact that, you know, again, that that this was such uncharted territory for you that like some of those things that. I probably don't have to ex- 
to mention to everyone. I probably should have remembered to mention with you. So sorry for dropping the ball on that one. I, I, I uh, certainly appreciate it. No, it's it. good. Or, I mean, it was it. like that with it. everything, but everything worked out perfectly. Like even from the start of the race, the start line, it started at 7 a.m. I got there at 6.58. <laughs> I jumped out of the car. I built my hiking poles and we started. Mm-hmm. That was it within like 60 seconds. Right. Like, but just, it was perfect. It was just like all went perfectly. Yep. It was a perfect race day. It really did. It really did. So, uh, I mean, we, we, there's probably a lot more detail that we could get into, but we've already been going for, for over an hour. So we'll, we'll start to bring this <laughs> ship into, into the Harbor pretty soon. But, um, you know, I guess, I guess, have you thought about what's next? Like, like if, if earlier you're like, always want to go, go bigger. I like, and I know we talked about this some on the trail, but that that doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's translated to, to a couple of weeks later now. I, rem- I remember I wanted to talk about it on the trail and you were like, let's just focus on the mile we're on. <laughs> right. Right. So, so what's, what's the future look like? I mean, are, are you, are you, and again, you mentioned earlier and you mentioned this in other conversations that like, you know, part of the desire to do this was because sometimes you, you, you're, you pick up and then you put down and you move on to something else, which is, which is totally fine. But you know, yeah. are you sticking with the running? What's, what's the next, the, the next thing on the, uh, the old agenda running wise, if there are things on the agenda running wise? I mean, the advantage that I have now over what I had one year ago, it, it really, it feels like, you know, it would be a little bit of training to be able to run a hundred okay. or probably, you know, more training, but still doable at some point to figure out how to do a 200 it seems like it would be such a loss to sort of like drop it now. And then if I ever want to pick it up again, I got to spend like a whole year totally focused on it again. So I'm definitely incentivized to figure out what the next thing is. Um, you know, the people who were doing the 40 when I was doing the hundred looked like they were having a lot of fun. They were moving a lot faster than me. They were a lot less sort of fatigued. On the other hand, I don't know if that really, I like, I like the, the idea of a 40 cause presumably you can do a couple of months or one a month right. at least. Whereas like for a hundred, yeah, that's one thing I really need to learn about, like, yeah. what's the recovery time need to look like? Because I've been running, you know, eight miles a day or something for the last week or so, and I'm fine. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm curious, like, yeah, so maybe it's worth signing up for another. There's 100 in October in Blue Ridge, which is, like, the next town over. Oh, Lord. Um, it, it, and it's supposedly really hard elevation. But you know what? Like, that doesn't scare me anymore. No. It can't be harder than what I already did. No, it probably can't be much worse. But let's... Let's but hold off on signing up on that more... till we have a chance to talk a little bit more about it off <laughs> offline, okay? The cutoff is more aggressive. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, but I don't well, know. I'm also interested in Ironman. Yeah. I don't know. Well, well and I, I think that, that, you know, having options is a good thing, right? Like, like there's different things you can do. There's different ways to challenge yourself. Um, and also, you know, again, kind of like you mentioned, like, like the people that were running the 40 looked like towards the end, at least they were having a lot more fun than you were having towards the end of, <laughs> of a hundred miles. Um, and maybe there's something to be said there of just running some of these races for fun, for some of that experience and, and whatnot, but yeah. we'll, we'll cross those bridges when we get there. But I mean, you know, just what a, what a job well done. Like, like what you can Thank do you, when you put sir. your mind to, it was, it was awesome. So you believed in me early on. I remember you hand wrote me a letter that said you thought I could do a hundred. I was like, this is my guy. Yeah, this is the right coach for me. And you did it. You did it. So, uh, last question for you, not, not related to the hundred mile or not related to anything specific, uh, kind of the, the old philosophical question, but, um, in your, in your almost year now of, of being a runner, um, and, and, and coming, far enough in a year that some lots of people take multiple years, maybe even, you know, push more like a decade to get to, uh, curious to, to kind of know, um, how, how running has changed you. If it has changed you, what, what, is, what, is, what is different about you now? Um, maybe thanks to running than, than what Anna yeah. would have been like a year ago. 
I am much happier for sure. I'm much more disciplined. I've always done like crazy things like bought a motorcycle or jumped out of off a bridge or whatever. I've always done what people think are crazy things. But most of them are things that you have to like get over your fear for one minute and jump out of the plane or whatever. You know, few of them that I can think of are things that you had to build to over a year. And so when I was taking that on, like that was when I, when I took this on, that was part of what I was going for. I wanted to do something that nobody could accomplish without dramatic sustained effort over a long period of time. So therefore the club would be small because it would require dedicated effort for a long time. And that's hard for people to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, you did it, uh, with room to spare. So once again, job, job well done. Super proud of you. Thanks for letting me, uh, be a part of it both virtually in the training and, and literally being a part of it. Thank on, you so much, Denny. Anyone who is thinking about Denny as a coach, let me tell you, this is literally the best. It's like hacking your way to success. It's, it is such a dramatic, huge advantage to have him on your side, advising you and, and able to give feedback and everything. Oh Lord! Well, thank you. That was that was an un, unpromised plug, but the check will be in the mail. I appreciate it, uh, <laughs> guys. If again, if you want to follow along, see what's next for for Anna Strava is probably the best place. We'll have it linked up in the show notes because I'll, I'll know if anybody friends me because I only have three people who follow me on Strava <laughs> as of right now. So if so, it gets up to six, you'll have doubled my followers. Yeah, let's let's double Anna's follow count. Uh, and again, we'll have it linked up in the show notes because it's one of those ugly ugly links that there's no better way to make a link for it than just the ugly Strava link. So it'll be linked in the show notes. Dizruns.com slash nine or you can obviously just find her on Strava too. Search Anna Robbins. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, pretty easy to find. Uh, but Anna, thank you for uh, for making the time today for for rehashing the uh, the highlights of the race. Maybe some of the lowlights as well. Yes, but uh, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, we'll we'll talk soon for sure. All right, Jenny. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Anna and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway from our little chit chat today? Um, for me, it, it was less of anything specific, although there were a few specific things that I did write down, but just kind of in thinking more about uh, our chat and just in knowing Anna over the last several months and, and working with her as well. Um, I think my takeaway is, I don't know if it's maybe a little bit counter to what I would normally say. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll see. This is my takeaway though, is to, you know, not worry about what everybody else is thinking about the ambitions that you have. And if you're serious about it and you're willing to put in the work and willing to, to do what it takes to learn and grow and do it, then go for it. Go for it. I, you know, if I think back to when we, when I first started, you know, coaching Anna, um, and, and we had our first conversations, like, like we talked about a little bit, you know, she told me she wanted to run a hundred miler in August and, and, you know, not that I told her that that was a, you know, impossible or anything like that, but you know, in, in my heart of hearts, I don't know how realistic I thought it was. She clearly thought it was realistic. She clearly did the work. She did everything I asked her to do. And then some, uh, sometimes too much. I had to back her down a little bit, but you know, the moral of the story is she decided she wanted to do this. And she put in the work and she was able to do it. Now, obviously, in every life situation, it's not always that easy. If I decide I want to do it, dot, 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 it gets done. But I guess with, with working with Anna and, and again with talking to her again today, it just kind of makes me think about how many things that I myself have maybe decided I couldn't do because conventional wisdom said I couldn't do it. You know, conventional wisdom says you can't run a hundred miles in your first race, less than a year after you started running for the first time. Pretty, pretty sure that standard 
rules of thumb as it relates to progressions in running. And, you know, whether it's from a business perspective, a life perspective, career perspective, running perspective for myself, how many things have I, have I thought about? Oh, that would be great. But, oh, that's too much. It's too much too quickly. It's, it's not possible. And I don't know, I, you know, and maybe this isn't the, the right therapy session to go through all of those things and, and, and wonder if, if I sold myself short or didn't give myself enough credit or just didn't have the belief and the faith and the willingness to do the work. But I bet you there's some of those things. So, so my takeaway today, my, my lasting uh, thought from this whole experience between the interview and coaching Anna and, and being there and, and running with her and pacing her for, for that race is to just recognize that, that things are just because it's not conventional wisdom doesn't mean it's not possible. And maybe just maybe there's some things I could surprise myself if I just believed, just did the work, just put in the time and the effort like Anna did over the last, you know, six, eight months. And by God, maybe it is possible. So that's, that's my thought. It's not, it's not some fluffy that anything's possible because let's not kid ourselves. You know, that's, that's not exactly true, but I think there's a lot of things that are possible that I don't give myself the option to see whether or not they're possible because I just convinced myself, oh, it's not, it's not the right time or it's not possible or it's not, it doesn't follow conventional wisdom. And Anna proved that, uh, sometimes you can buck conventional wisdom and get yourself a big ass buckle along the way. So that's my thoughts, my takeaways for today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know. You know all the places, but I'm going to remind you just in case. At Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. You can also also head over to the show notes for today, which you can find at Dizruns.com slash 976. we got some photos from the weekends, from race weekend there that, that uh, you know, with Anna in them, and I might make an appearance as well. Uh, but some, some photos, we've certainly got some links, and we certainly have that comment section down at the bottom of the page. You can scroll on down and leave all your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways from today's episode there and uh, maybe start a little conversation. I'll get back to you, and we'll take it from there. But uh, once again, that's disruns.com slash 976. Last but not least, thanks for listening today. Hope you enjoyed this one. Crazy story, amazing story, hopefully a little bit inspiring and maybe a little thought-provoking as well. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that share button, Tell it, send it to a friend, tell them about this crazy lady who ran her first race ever, 100 miles, and already, already, since we recorded this, starting to look forward to that next 100 mile or two. I don't know. We'll I can't, I can't fall back on conventional wisdom to try to talk her out of it. So we'll see. She might be running her second race and her second hundred before too long. But anyway, stay tuned for that. Uh, once again, if you if you uh, are interested in some coaching, I've got some spots available. Uh, not really a whole lot at the coterie level, but we might be able to squeeze one more in. Uh, but certainly at the one-to-one level and at the still-to-be-named high level where I'll show up and, and race with you, pace you, all that type of stuff. Uh, details at disruns.com slash coaching. Any questions, let me know. And with that, we'll go ahead and officially pull this one in the harbor. Thanks for listening, y'all. Hope you enjoyed this one. And until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys. Mm-hmm.